Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Thank all of you for being here. Um, uh, I say this every single week, but I can't emphasize it enough. I'm so honored every week for every one of you that show up. Um, thank you so much. We uh, we started this program about 10 years ago um, to be something that had nothing to do with money, just to help people as best we can, and um, started with just a handful of people uh, coming to the calls, and um, it's grown and progressed, and and we hope that we're helping. And uh, let us know if we can do that better. And um, even even constructive criticism is greatly welcomed. And we've changed the program a lot uh, from when we started on the basis of your feedback. Um, I bet a, I bet a number of you saw the movie that came out um, a year, year and a half ago um, uh, about Walter Mitty, and um, which is based on a on a pretty famous book. Um, I actually enjoyed the movie more than the book. I, I really enjoyed the movie, and part of it uh, is because I can relate to Walter Mitty. Um, Walter Mitty. If you haven't read the read the story or seen the movie, is a guy who has a turned up image maker, a turned up imagination. He is always imagining things, and sometimes he, uh, you know, kind of checks out of um, what is currently happen- happening. Even a conversation between him and one other person, sometimes he kind of checks out and starts imagining something uh, with that person or not. Um, and and some, of them, some of his imaginations were good, some were not so great. Um, but um, uh, he kind of did that all his life. His mom, um, you know, was very well aware of it. He even said to some people, you know, sometimes I kind of uh, check out. Um, a little bit, 
but he's really not checking out at all. He's becoming extremely active internally, imagining um, something that, that very often is way, way bigger uh, than the conversation. Um, why can I relate to that? Because I have a turned up image maker. I have a turned up imagination. Um, most of you have heard me tell this story if you've been on this call a lot. Uh, but when my mom became pregnant with me, uh, she had a health condition. And the doctor had told her that she could not have any more children. And then she became pregnant with me. And the doctor uh, encouraged my mom and dad to abort me because they told my parents if um, if Phyllis, my mom's name was Phyllis, if Phyllis has this baby, uh, she will die. It will kill her. Chan the odds are very high that um, the baby may be fine, but she will die in childbirth because of her health condition. Okay, and um, my mother, uh, I'm told, with, was told many times, um, without hesitation, and my father too, um, decided no way were they going to abort me. And of course back then abortions were illegal except in these kind of situations where the mom's life um, was in imminent danger. But um, they decided, she, she decided primarily, he, I think he said he would support um, whatever decision she made. And um, he was certainly extremely concerned about it, my father, because he loved my mom very, very much. Um, but they decided, uh, no, if, if, if I die in childbirth, I die in childbirth. But we are not aborting. We are we are having this child, which of course I'm uh, kind of grateful for <laughs> that uh, that they made that decision. Um, but that's not the point. The point is that for nine months, my mom um, every single day was consumed with sort of uh, thoughts and feelings on both sides of that. One, one, uh, one of her thoughts that she had a lot was how much she loved me. Even though I wasn't born yet, she would talk to me, she would read to me, um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but on the other side, she was absolutely afraid. I'm sure at times she was terrified, more than just afraid, but terrified. And probably the closer the birth date came, the more afraid and terrified she was. Because she was, in, in, in her mind, she was literally counting down the days to her death. Now, she was also counting down the days to my birth, which was a happy part but also to her death. So um, every thought, every feeling, of course, is also experienced by the fetus, by the baby in the womb, okay? So 
I have all these thoughts and feelings, even though I, you know, I couldn't consciously put, you know, words to them, but I experience them as impulses, feelings, etc. Um, and and those feelings were that um, I, I I think I was loved, but also the impulses I got were I'm going to die. Only I re- I believe that what I got as the baby was not mom's going to die. It's I'm going to die because that's what my mom was thinking. I'm going to die. Okay? And I believe those thoughts and feelings got transferred to me. I'm going to die. All right? I can't prove that, but I believe that. And so the uh, date of my the, the, the birth, uh, day comes, and uh, it was a C-section, and of course they had lots of extra people there and took precautions as best they could and all that sort of thing, and I'm sure my mom and dad were absolutely praying their heads off, and every all of their friends were praying their heads off and all that sort of thing. So anyway, to make a long story short, I guess it's already been a long story, sorry, um, I was born and my mom did not die, okay? Uh, maybe it was a miracle. Maybe it would have happened anyway. I don't know. But uh, I was born, and my mom did not die. But guess what? I almost died. They, uh, they could not get me to eat anything, okay? I would I would take it in, but then I would spit it back out without swallowing it. And so... In just a matter of two or three days, I lost two or three pounds of weight, okay, to the point that I was becoming critical. I was becoming life or death. And to this day, I believe it's because I had been feeling and getting messages for nine months, okay, when this birth happens, I'm going to die. And it, and it became kind of like my programming, okay? And uh, now, now I, I didn't have any clue about any of this then, but now uh, I've never met a single person in my life who did not have a birth trauma. You know, going from that uh, perfect, really perfect, temp- perfect temperature, perfect environment, kind of suspended animation in the amniotic fluid and all that sort of thing, coming out in in a thing that in a in a way that hurts and and learning to breathe air and um you know all that sort of thing I've never met a single person who didn't have a birth trauma and I I believe mine was a very significant birth trauma and then uh my body and mind started following the program okay born time to die okay well, uh, my mom took me home, started sitting up with me 24 hours a day. I kept I kept spitting it out, but slowly started swallowing some too, and lived. Okay, but uh, I I knew from an early age that I felt things much stronger than the average person, both good and bad. All right, and um. Uh, 
probably some of you, if you've heard this program a few times, you might have thought something like, um, why does he yell so much? <laughs> My Hope used to tell me the same thing. Why do you have to yell? Why do you keep yelling? And 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 so I would try to talk softer, and it is really almost impossible for me to do that. Now that's hard to believe, but I have tried to many times, and I just almost literally can't do it. And to me, and, and what it is to me, it's not yelling like I'm angry or anything like that. It's it's passion. Okay, I am passionate about almost everything in one way or another, all right? And um, I can pick up on other people's feelings very quickly, very easily, in, in ways that a lot of times other people don't. And I know that because I've asked other people, I've, I've studied, I've, I've whatever, okay? So I have a turned up, imagination and and I can really relate to a lot of that Walter Mitty stuff you know growing up my imagination was always going somewhere and it was usually something big and extravagant and you know uh, all of that in German and I didn't learn this until last year when I was talking about some of this stuff in a workshop over in Germany but in German I'm told that there's two words for imagination. One means fantasy, just total like daydreaming fantasy. The other one means creative. Okay, that part that creates everything and that is used for positive purposes intentionally. Okay, well, what I want you to know today. And, and I had to learn all of this the hard way, uh, believe me, the really hard way, because my my imagination, my image maker, uh, was so, so difficult for me to control most of my life because it was so strong, okay? And um, your image maker, your imagination, will always go to the fantasy part of your image maker and to seek pleasure and avoid pain, which is all fear-based, unless you take control of it for to create, remember the other the other part of it in German besides fantasy is the positive creative force, all right? Well, your image maker will always default to fantasy, pain, pleasure, and fear if you don't take control of it in order to create love and truth and harmony and and all of those things that are positive. Okay, now some of you may be thinking, well, why is he harping so much on the image maker? Why is he harping so much on the imagination? Well, because that's the thing that creates the images. 
And according to Dr. Antonio Damasio, MD, PhD, head of the neuro department at the University of Southern California, he's being talked about for the Nobel Prize. Uh, and based on original research he's done clinically at the University of Southern California, he says imageless thought is impossible that all thinking and feeling is imagistic. In other words, you cannot go to the restroom unless you've got an image of going to the restroom internally. And that image creates thoughts and feelings about going to the restroom and how to do it. And then you, you go to the restroom and are able to do that. You cannot do the laundry if you don't have an image of that that determines the thoughts and feelings, in other words, the instructions, and why you're doing it and how to do it. But if you've got the image, you can do the laundry, okay? You don't get up in the morning to go to work unless you've got an image for it. You, in other words, you... You do not, and this is not just me, this is not just if your mother was told she was going to die, this is everybody, you cannot have a thought or feeling unless you've got an internal image that that thought or feeling is coming from, okay? Uh, Dr. Richard Glenn, in his wonderful book, Transformations, and I happen to know Dr. Glenn, says that every problem in your life can be traced back to a destructive image. Fix the image, and the problem will almost always heal, repair, fix, transform, whatever. Uh, Pierce Howard, Ph.D., in his book, The Owner's Manual for the Brain, uh, says that all data, all data is encoded and recalled in the form of images. So smells are encoded and recalled in the form of images. Things we hear audibly are encoded and recalled in the form of images. Things that we taste and touch are encoded and recalled in the form of images. It is the least common denominator. It is where everything comes from, okay? The, the uh, issues of the heart that Solomon talked about 3,000 years ago are your memories. Well, what are your memories? They're images, except they're, they're probably more like moving images, most of them, like a movie instead of a snapshot. But some of them are snapshots, okay? Uh, cellular memories that science has said is, is we finally discovered the root source of illness and disease, and this is going to mean the difference between life and death. Well, just delete the word sailors, just your memories. But those memories exist in the form of images, not words, not what we think of as feelings or emotions. The, the memories and images are where the feelings, emotions and, and thoughts come from, okay? But the least common denominator are the images. Our image maker, 
or imagination is a is a primary function of the spiritual heart, which includes the unconscious, the subconscious, your conscience, and some other things as well. All right? So the primary function of your imagination and image maker is not left brain, words, logic, analytical, etc. It's right brain, uh, spatial, out of the box, feelings, that sort of thing. Okay? So what's the point of this? Um... For the issues of your life, for the things that are not going well for you, for the things that you think, man, I need to work on this problem and fix it, you need to change the way you think about your problem if you haven't already. Uh, I ask people virtually every day, what would you say is the biggest problem of your life? All right? And... um, Sometimes there's a long pause, but everyone always has an answer to that, okay? Uh, It's my cancer. It's my gallbladder. It's my diabetes. It's um, depression. It's anxiety. It's um, finances. Ladies and gentlemen, it is never any of those in reality. In reality, your biggest problem is always an internal image. Always. Because that's where the cancer comes from. Uh, uh, Andrew Weil, in his number one best-selling book, uh, Health and Healing, I believe was the name of it. Uh, I think it was in the 80s. All illnesses are psychosomatic. Every illness is psychosomatic. A hundred percent of all problems are psychosomatic. He doesn't mean it's not real, which is the way we have tended over the years to interpret psychosomatic. In fact, if you read uh, his book, he's really saying the opposite of that. It's totally real, but it does not come from a physical source. Okay, um, the the number one answer by medical doctors when they tell people, I'm sorry to have to tell you, but you have, and then you recover from the shock and say, well, how did I get this? The number one answer for that question from medical doctors is we don't know. You know why they don't know? Because we don't have any instrument or blood test, or surgery, or even a CT scan, or an MRI that can measure your memories, that can measure your internal images. And that's why Dr. Oz, um, Ken reads a quote by Dr. Oz at the first of every um, Cutting Edge program, and we've done that for years, about how energy medicine is the next frontier in medicine. Well, he gave another quote which basically said the same thing to CNN recently, but he went even further in that one, and he said, you know, we've been reluctant to embrace energy medicine because we haven't had instruments that can measure it, okay? But it is totally real, and it, and it works, and it's, you know, all this kind of stuff, 
and maybe in the future we're going maybe we'll someday have an instrument that can measure it but as of today we don't but rest assured your biggest problem is an internal image or memory so if you start thinking that way What's the biggest problem of your life? Oh, it's my finances. Oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, it, it, it's not. It's an internal image in my memories about my finances. Oh, biggest problem in my life is my cancer. No, it's not. It's an internal image in your memory banks that probably is the cause of the cancer. And that's why the doctors say we don't know, because they can't measure those memories that cause the feelings and thoughts and cause the hypothalamus to turn on the stress response, which ends up at you breaking at your weakest link, which in that case is cancer, but is different for everybody. Okay? So this week... As you pray, as you meditate, I would encourage you to ask yourself that question. Okay, before before today, before you, you, you just heard what I said in the last 20-something minutes, if, if I had asked you or if someone else had asked you, what's the biggest problem of your life or what are the three biggest problems in your life or whatever, um, what would you have said? Okay? And then I would recommend this week that you really pray and meditate that unless your answer to your biggest problem or all three of your top three problems was an internal image contained in your memories, that your answer is wrong. Well, does that change anything? You better believe it changes everything, okay? Because you probably don't have a screwdriver that can change your finances. You probably don't have a tool that can immediately take your cancer from life-threatening to no cancer. Okay? And, and on and on and on about whatever you would answer your problem is. But you do have a tool that can take a memory that has a lie in it, that has fear in it, that has anger in it, that has low self-worth in it, that on and on and on, and transform that memory to light, love, truth, joy, peace, self-worth, etc. That's why... I've been so passionate for the last 14 years about what we do at the Healing Codes because every problem you have boils down to an image in your memory banks. Heal, change, transform the image and everything that comes from the image, thoughts, feelings, actions, and behavior, stress, your, uh, what you do at work in your career, 
your relationships, everything else starts to change in a way that you probably could not have done focusing on the symptom problem. So, that's my challenge to you this week, is to say, okay, that financial problem is really an internal image problem. So what is that internal image for me? What is that memory for me that's causing this financial problem in my life or my perception that I have a financial problem in my life? Use the Memory Finder protocol, find it, uh, call one of our coaches, let them help you find it. It may be unconscious where you can't find it, but the codes and the master key and those tools can still help you heal it even if you can't find it. And most important of all, pray, 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 pray for God to heal those internal images in your memory banks, the source of your spiritual heart, and just about everything else in your life. So, um, Walter Mitty and me, the the image maker, the, the thing that has created everything ever made by man on planet Earth, how does that apply to you? How does the image maker and imagination are you just letting it go toward fantasy, pain, pleasure, and fear all the time and and being detrimental to your life? Or are you taking control of it, setting those knobs of your image maker to light, love, truth, etc., and having your life transformed to the positive? Um, on the website, Beyond Willpower Together, which is a nonprofit that I've uh, started um, a number of months ago, you'll find instructions on how to do what I call the heart screen meditation. And Johanna's talked about that some on this program, too. And you'll also find a recording of Johanna taking you through that heart screen meditation. And that is the only purpose of that is to take control of your image maker, to take it to the creative side and to create love, health, great relationships, happiness, success, etc. And it will absolutely do that. 